Alright, before I read the main verse I want to cover in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, turn over to 1 Corinthians 15 real quick. I want to, I want to read just one verse here to you and then we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 3. It says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Alright, the work that we do as Christians for the Lord, when you are laboring for God, it's not in vain. If there's anything I hate, it's working hard and getting nothing accomplished. You ever been there before? You're trying to build something, you're trying to put something together, and you work for hours only to find out you were doing it wrong and you basically wasted your time? That stinks. I don't like that. You know, laboring, it can get tiring. And I don't want to just be spinning my wheels and accomplishing nothing. I want to actually be doing something. And the labor that we do for the Lord, the Bible says it's not in vain. So don't be weary. Keep going. Keep plugging away. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about a very specific kind of laboring that we do around here that we really promote. And I want to show how what we are doing, it's never in vain. It's, we're always accomplishing something. It's always for the good. But look what it says in uh, chapter 3, in verse 5. It says, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Now, he's saying this because people were making a big deal out of who it was that got them saved. And like, you know, I'm in the Paul camp, I'm in the Apollos camp. And Paul said, that's carnal. Don't get caught up in stuff like that. He said, all we are. He said, we're ministers by whom ye believed. And Paul said, I have planted, Apollos hath watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and everyone shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. You all notice, when one person's planting and another person's watering, it's all one. They're working for the same thing. Okay? The end result, it's fruit that's produced. Everyone who participated, it's all considered one. Y'all understand that? And ultimately, who gets the credit for people getting saved is Jesus Christ. Okay? I think it's safe to say He did the fair share of the majority since He purchased our salvation, since He lived the perfect life, since He died on the cross, since He rose again. Yes, we play a part when we minister, but we are only a part. We are not the whole thing. We are, we are just a part of it. And often, many people play a part in that one person getting saved. But either way, glory goes to God. Okay? He, is, he is the tree that bringeth forth the good fruit. Okay, and we're some people that God uses to help with that. But and notice, we will though receive a reward, not according to, you know, our numbers, not according to what we are recognized for. You will be rewarded according to your labor. Okay, you know, when, and what I'm talking about today, I'm talking about soul winning today. I'm talking about being a witness, winning people to Christ. Okay, that's the labor that it's talking about here. It is labor to win people to Christ. But often, when people are laboring trying to bring people to Christ, they often feel like, I'm not accomplishing anything. We're not really getting anything done. But I want to show you in this message that no matter what, when you are out giving the Gospel, you are getting something done, you are accomplishing things. Why? Because you are laboring for the Lord. And as long as you don't get weary, as long as you don't faint, 
You know, you're going to be rewarded greatly. And either way, your labor is not in vain. You're not working for nothing. You're doing something. You're accomplishing something. Even if you go out and you don't get anyone saved, I'm going to show you, you are accomplishing something. And you are, in a sense, getting people saved. Alright? Even if you don't necessarily see it happen when you are there, you are getting, helping get people saved anytime Anytime you go out giving the gospel. So, it says in verse uh, 9, For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building, according to the grace of God which is given unto me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And I like what he says there. He's like, you know, I've laid a foundation, but somebody else is going to build thereon. And the Apostle Paul, he wasn't real interested in everybody knowing what part of the work that he's done. Okay? He wasn't really interested in that. He was just glad that he was a part of this building. He was glad that he had the privilege of doing something and laboring. He didn't care what had his name on it. What he cared about was that he was doing the work of the Lord. And when we are given the Gospel, when and, and not even just given the Gospel, I'm going to show you there is more, there's even more to soul winning than just going out, knocking doors, and you know verbally presenting the Gospel. Okay? I'm going to show that there's other things too that are involved that help with that. Okay? That are contributing to that. That are a contributing factor in somebody getting saved. So, one thing we need to understand, when we're out giving the Gospel, there are multiple things that we're doing. And we are not always harvesting. It's not always a harvest when you go out. There's four things that I'm going to show you that are involved in getting somebody saved and in a harvest. And one, the four things, one thing you've got to do before you're going to produce any fruit, you've got to go do some plowing. You've got to do some plowing. You've got to get the ground ready. After you do the plowing and get the ground ready, you've got to plant some seeds. After you plant those seeds, you have to do some watering. And after watering and after some time, eventually fruit will grow, but then you have to go out and harvest. And understand, when you are out knocking doors, often we go out and we're just we're harvesting. There's places we go sometimes. There's houses I've gone to and the people got saved so easy. It was just like, how did that happen? And you have people out there that are like, I don't believe these people are, you know, you're not getting anybody saved in 10 minutes. There's no way you're going to get somebody from lost to saved in just 10 or 15 minutes. Well, that could be true, but the thing is, it wasn't in just 10 to 15 minutes. There was a whole bunch of work that had already been done. I just We just were there for the harvest. The truth is, I mean, often when we go out, we are just playing a small part. Sometimes there was months and years of work that was done to get them to that point, And we just happened to be privileged to be there for the harvest, which, let's just be honest, is the exciting part, isn't it? Isn't that the most exciting part in farming? You know, because when you're farming, you know, who cares if you plow a field if you never put any seeds in? Who cares if you put seeds in if they never grow? And who cares if it grows if it doesn't get harvested? Okay? If, the, if, it doesn't, if you don't ever get to the harvest, 
then everything else was pointless, wasn't it? We want to get to the harvest. And I'm afraid a lot of churches today are doing a lot of the other work, but they're leaving out the harvest. And you know, often, because they're not doing the harvesting, we get to do the harvesting. And you know, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. They're not going to do the harvesting. We'll go do the harvesting, and then we can reap, you know, we can reap the rewards from that. But that doesn't mean they're not doing anything. They're still doing some things. And I want to show you kind of how this, how this works. So, plowing, alright? What does it look like to plow? Look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 18. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that receives seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth seed into stony places is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word by and by, he is offended. And he goes on, he talks about one that was sown among the thorns. But then you had another that was sown among good grounds. And ultimately what this passage is about, <clears throat> it's not just about getting people saved, but it's about saved people producing fruit. Often people that we get saved, they're, they're saved, but they're on that stony ground. They're in that thorns. Okay? And so they get saved, but they never produce fruit themselves. But they're still saved. Okay? Now sometimes when we're out sowing seed, it goes by the wayside and nothing gets accomplished. That ground's just too bad. It's not ready and it, it, it doesn't even, you know, and people don't get saved. That's, that's very common for that to happen. But either way, the ground is very important, the type of ground, in order to produce fruit. Okay? So the thing is, if we're going to get people saved, there's ways that we, can, that we do some plowing around here. And we could talk about a bunch of things. I probably I thought about just preaching a sermon, one on plowing, one on planting, one on watering, and one on harvesting. Yeah, I'm going to try to get it all in one today, so this might be about a four hour message. No, I'm just kidding. I won't take that long. Alright, but plowing, okay? You're you're getting the ground ready. Now, when we go out to harvest, alright, which is one of our main goals, when we go out soul winning, it often looks like us going out, carrying a Bible, carrying some tracks, going out and knocking on doors, and we're looking for those people that are ready to receive. We're looking for those people that are ready to hear. Sometimes we're planting seeds. Sometimes we're just watering. But ultimately, we want to harvest when we go out, don't we? And the truth is, plowing is it's getting the ground ready. And did you know that just you going out is plowing? Because it's important that it doesn't look like a space alien invasion when people go out knocking doors. All right, you know what happens in all the flying saucer movies? It lands, these strange creatures come out wearing weird things, and everybody stares at them like, "What is happening here? What is going on?" Did you know that our town, it, it doesn't even bat an eye when they see people out walking around carrying Bibles, knocking doors. Did you know that the police in this community have never come and asked us what we're doing? One time in Dixon, now not when we're knocking doors. There was another time with the schools. And that was just them being idiots. That, that happened one time. But in Dixon one time, we were knocking doors and somebody called the cops on us being idiots. And a policeman came up and he saw me and he drove up and he just motioned me to come over to the car. I went to the car and uh, he just asked what we were doing. I was like, hey, we're from Liberty Baptist Church. We're just out inviting people to church, giving the gospel. And he was like, 
He's like, I figured that's probably what you guys were doing. He's like, somebody called and was, you know, didn't know what was going on. But he was like, we figured when they heard, they figured that's probably just soul winners out there again. You know why? Because it's not a rare sighting out here. So whenever you knock on someone's door, people aren't just like, what is happening? Okay? It's not that weird. So we actually have an opportunity to talk in many cases. Often they receive us. Now, sometimes we've been out there so much, we've got signs up saying no trespassing, you know, no soliciting. You know, you know, we already have our religion. If you're, if you're selling girls, you know, we have enough cookies. We have Bibles. You know, they'll put all these different signs up just you know, basically saying, keep away from my house. Okay? And we follow, we take the hint when we go to those houses and we don't knock on their doors. Why do they have those? You know why? Because it's not a rare thing to see people doing what we're doing. So the people aren't going to be so freaked out when we come. That's plowing. Okay. Another thing that's even plowing too, the fact that we have a church building sitting here. People know Christians are around. They understand that. Whenever you are talking with your family and you're trying to witness to them, they are figuring out that, hey, these Christian people like to spread their faith. It shouldn't be a weird thing for somebody when somebody tries to present the Gospel to them. But did you know, in many cases, it is. There's only ever been one time in my life where I've ever been just out and about and I've had somebody try to give me the Gospel. One time. Here, and it was here in Sterling. Another lady goes to another church. She went and started... We, started, we were just kind of small talking. And then all of a sudden, man, she just kind of hit me the question with the question, asking me if I believe in God. And, and, I, and she... And I, you know, and I told her I did, but she... I, I was shocked. I was like... Somebody's trying to witness to me. You know, it made me happy. I was glad. And you know what I did? I commended her for it. I buttered her up. I mean, I made a big deal about it. I told her, I said, you're the first person that's ever tried to give me the Gospel outside of church or anything like that. That, that, that thrilled me when I heard that. I want to make a big deal. If we have people that are just talking about Jesus all the time, it's not a weird thing. It's not a random thing. And it, that prepares people. They get, they get used to that to where they're not going to be that freaked out. That's why we have the radio program. Why? We're trying to get... I, I, want, I want the name of our church out there. I like, I, we talk about why we go soul winning on the radio. We're telling, I'm telling people what we're doing. We talk about different doctrines on the radio that often come up when we're discussing things with people. What are we doing? We're trying to prepare the ground. I want these people to know who our church is. That's why we do the advertisements and things that we do. I want them to know that we're a soul winning church. Now, whenever they, whenever they hear a knock on their door and it's one of us, I, I want them to know who we are. I want them to have been prepared and all of these things we do are plowing. When you're passing, when you're passing out tracts, you know, when you're, if we're giving out Bibles, all these things we're doing these things are things that Christians should be doing but are rare in many places. But in, in the Sterling Rock Falls area, I want it to be a normal thing. And I believe that will help us when we do go up to someone's door. It's not going to be a weird thing. They're not going to be so freaked out. They're just automatically going to shut us down you know, when they otherwise may, may have been interested. So either way, whenever we're doing anything, whether it's you just acting like a Christian, talking to your co-workers, talking to your family about the things of God, talking about your church, you know, whatever it is, just them seeing us out and about, seeing people who look like Christians, that type of thing 
it helps. It's labor. It's work. It prepares the ground. And people who look like Christians shouldn't be a rare sighting. It ought, it ought to be normal. I remember when I was when I was a teenager and I worked at McDonald's. I was I was back in the break room taking a break, and one of the young men that I worked with, he comes running back there one day. He's like, Tommy, come check this out. There's pilgrims out there. He's like, there's pilgrims out there. there pilgrims here. He's like, I didn't even know there were pilgrims anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? Pilgrims? And I went out and looked, and it was Amish people. <laughs> and I told, I, and so I went, I looked, and I told him, I was like, oh, those are Amish people. He'd never heard of Amish people. He'd never seen Amish people before. It was a pretty, pretty rare sighting in LaSalle. You know, out here, we have the Amish Mennonites that are pretty common. So, when, you know, when we see them, we're not real freaked out. It's pretty normal. But this guy was. He, he thought they were pilgrims. I always thought that was the funniest thing in the world. But, you know, to see people dress like we are, to act like we do, you know, the more of it that the, our community sees, the more normal it will become. And that will help. So when some lady goes walking up to the door in a skirt, they're not going to be like, what's that? You know, they're, they're not going to be that weirded out by it. You know, if we have a look, okay, that you, you know, for lack of a better term, whenever the policemen are coming after they've gotten a call, they're going to see it and, oh, that's just, that's just those Baptists out there again. That's what, and we'll be fine. We thought about one time calling the cops just to be ignorant and racist because um, there were some Muslim people, there was a Muslim lady and her kids right over there at the school, and like one of the kids was boosting up the other kid to like look in the window. I have no idea what they were doing, but we saw that, and I was like, we, I told my wife, I was like, we better call the cops. They're probably planning a terrorist attack or something like that. And uh, it's like you know, and the thing is, I was kind of being funny because. If they hadn't been Muslims, we probably wouldn't be calling the cops about something like that. But that is kind of rare, and I've heard stories about you know Muslims are always getting you know the cops called on them for anything they do because everybody thinks they're terrorists and wanting to blow stuff up. And maybe they've asked for that, all right? But at the same time, I was like, you know, we're not going to call the cops. I was just being I was just being uh, racially insensitive. Uh, but at the same time, you know. It is kind of rare. You know, out here, we don't see that many Muslims, do we? It's, pretty, it's kind of rare to see that. And it shouldn't be rare to see Christians. The more saved people we get out here, the more people we get looking like a Christian, the more normal it is. The more used to it people will be, and the more likely they will be to receive us because we won't be an odd sight. It's not going to be some rare thing. So look at uh, back, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So... The plowing, all those things. Anything you do that's just you being a Christian, you being out there in the community, you talking about the things of God, just showing that you're a Christian and that you're trying to evangelize people, all of that is plowing. It's preparing the ground, but it can be more than that too. When you're actually telling people about the things of God, when you're actually talking, when you're witnessing, you are also planting. You're planting seeds. It says in verse 6, I have planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Okay, And chances are these days, if you ask somebody if they know where they'll spend eternity, you know, and many times it's going to be the first time they've ever heard that question. Okay? And now let's, let's just think about this for a minute. Let's just say, you know, forget you know anything about church. Forget you know anything about Christianity because that's a lot of people out there. 
and somebody comes up, some stranger comes up to you door, your door, says, if you die today, do you know if you go to heaven? Now, that's just normal to us. But can you not see where that might be a little weird for them? Why are these strangers asking me if I die today, if I know if I'll go to heaven? And you know, first instinct for a lot of people is going to be, not interested, slam the door. Right? But did you know whenever we ask them that question, and they're thinking, what's with these people? Do you know we're kind of planting a seed there? Do I know? Who, you know, if maybe sometimes you know we just try to see if they'll let us give them one verse. Why? We're planting a seed. And while often their first instinct may be to reject and to slam the door, that little seed that was planted just by asking the question after they slam the door, they might just say, "I don't know. Maybe I should have talked to them." I'm sure that's happened to many people. Or they slam the door and later it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of wish I would have talked to them. Or maybe we give it, we get the track in their hand first and then maybe they go read it. Yeah, you know, I'd like to have asked about this. We don't know what's going through all these people's heads after that, but anytime we get anything out, when we ask them any questions, when we give them any Scriptures, the Word of God is powerful and it plants a seed in their heart. And who knows what's going to happen with that seed. And that's, that very well could be why many times when we knock on people's doors, they're so ready to receive us. Maybe it's because we've been there before. And they're not going to tell us, hey, oh, last time you know, somebody from your church came, some lady came and I slammed the door in her face and cussed her out. They're not going to tell us about that. They're going to hope we forgot about that. But they might say this time, when we say, hey, can I show you from the Bible how you can know for sure you're going to go to heaven? Yes. Who knows? They might have been waiting for it. They might have been hoping for that. I talked to a young man over in Sterling one day. I was knocking the doors. And I just said, hey, is it okay if I take a Bible and I show you how you can know for sure if you're on your way to heaven? And he said, yes. He's, and then he, I mean, just enthusiastically, yes. And I was like, that was weird. You know, they don't, they're, they're not usually that enthusiastic about it. But then you know what he said? He said, my dad, who is in jail got saved, and he's been trying to tell me about this. He's been talking to me about this, but I didn't totally understand it. And so I said, well, hey, great. You know, Let me show you what your dad's probably trying to tell you about. And so because of what his dad had already done, he was ready to go. His dad had planted some seeds. His dad had got him thinking, and so that had already started growing in his heart, and I got to just come along and just harvest I mean, it was just a piece of cake getting that guy saved. So it did, it said, it's not that I got him saved and you know, he went from lost to saved in 10 minutes, even though he did. He actually went from lost to saved in you know, less than 10 seconds when he believed on Christ and called on the Lord. But the truth is, the work that produced that in his heart, it had been going on for a long time. And it didn't start with me, but it did finish with me. And you know, I believe his dad will receive some of the reward in heaven, because He played just as much of a part. Why? Because we're all one. We all got the same thing done. Multiple people. And who knows, when you're out there, anytime you're giving the Gospel, anytime you're telling people Scripture verses, whenever you're giving them tracts, when you give a Bible, when you do anything that shows Scripture, you're planting a seed. Even if you're wearing a t-shirt with a Bible verse on your back, people are seeing that. And the Word of God is getting into their heart. And that is planting seeds. 
And we need to be planting seeds. We need to be doing whatever we can to get our materials out there, to get our sermons out there, to get the Word of God in people's hearts. Whatever you can do, it's all work. It's all labor. You might not always see the fruit. You might not always be around for the harvest. But understand, your labor is not in vain. You're going to receive rewards maybe just for wearing a t-shirt that had a Scripture verse on it. Because Why? Because it planted a seed. It got somebody thinking. And listen, yeah, you're not going to get most people to go from, I mean, never having even thought about the things of God, never having even heard the name of Jesus Christ, to getting saved in probably 10 minutes. That's probably going to be a very rare thing. It probably could happen, but it's going to be pretty rare. Most people that we get saved, they've had seeds planted. They've, there's already work that's been done. One of the ladies I led to the Lord this week, she was quoting all the Scriptures with me as I'm giving her the Gospel. I would go to the Scriptures. She quoted all the verses with me. Yet when I asked her, if you died, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? She said, I'm not. She said, that, and I asked her why she wasn't sure, why she wasn't 100%. And she said, because I have sin in my life. And so I don't think I would go to heaven because of that. She was trusting in her righteousness. See, people had given her Scripture, but no one had ever just kind of like closed the deal with this lady and showed her, hey, you know, because you, you need that preacher, folks. The Ethiopian eunuch, when he was reading the book of Isaiah, Philip asked him, understandest what thou readest? He said, how can I except some man guide me? But what did Philip do? He went and began at the same passage and he preached unto him Jesus. And that man, he got saved just like that. Why? He'd been reading the Scriptures. Seeds had been planted. Watering had been done. And Philip, just he just showed up for the harvest. Is what he did. Work had already been done. So we plant, we plant by getting the Word of God to people. 1 Peter 1.23 Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And you know, one thing you've got to understand when you're getting that work out there, seeds don't always grow overnight. When I was a kid, I tried planting some watermelons. I went and planted some seeds, went out the next day, watered it, went out the next day, watered it. It was taking a long time. I got bored and I got tired of it. I never grew any watermelons. I just, I didn't have, I'm working on patience, alright? The Lord's working on me with patience. I've never succeeded in any type of planting of an actual garden that I've done. And, you know, I want to go plant a seed. I want to at least watch it grow out of the ground, you know. It's, it's too slow. It's a slow process. It takes a long time to produce the fruit. And we've got to understand, when you go out there, today when we go out, we might just go out and plant a bunch of seeds. We might not harvest a thing, but we're doing the work of the Lord. And eventually, some of those people may get saved and you're going to get a reward for it. You're, going to, you're a part of that. Sometimes we're watering. Paul planted. Apollos watered. That's why many times when I've got people saved, they've mentioned other people try telling them the same thing. You know, they, uh, I, I witnessed to a Catholic boy just that got saved a week or two ago. A young Catholic boy. He knew the Scriptures. He knew about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what the Catholics forgot to tell him is that the way you get saved, it's not by your good works, but it's by faith in Jesus Christ. He knew the Scriptures. It had done something in his heart. And so when I told him, and I showed him the verse in the Bible that showed that you can know that you're saved, he was anxious to receive it. Even 
Catholics accidentally planted some seeds in his heart because of the Word of God that was used. Even, even bad religions, sometimes they accidentally do some good works. Why? Because the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is that incorruptible seed. And what these false religions don't realize is a lot of times when they have these King James Bibles around, even just King James verses around, they're doing some serious damage to their work there. Why? Because that's planting seeds in these people's hearts. And that's why we often are getting people saved out of these false religions. Because they know these Scriptures. They've had these preachers get up there and tell them, you ought to be reading your Bible, knowing the people probably aren't going to read their Bible. But some of these people did. They actually went and they read their Bible and it planted seeds in their heart. It did a work in their heart. And God sees that. And do you think God's going to send the Methodists along for the harvest? Do you think He's going to send the Episcopalians along for the harvest? They don't know how to harvest. He's going to send the Baptists along for the harvest. And we regularly are able to go out there and we are just harvesting. We're harvesting fruit where other people have done some of the work, maybe even accidentally. And that's why we need to be out there in the field. That's why we need to be out there actively trying to harvest because there's people that are ready. And that's that last thing we do. We harvest. Look at what it says in John chapter 4 in verse 35. It says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. What that means is it's almost past the time of harvest. These things are ready to go. If we don't harvest this wheat right now, it's going to end up dying and it's not going to be any good for anybody. And there are people that are all over this community, that are all over this world. They were all, they're all over the city of Chicago where we were yesterday. They're, they're, they're fields that are white already to harvest. It's almost past. If somebody doesn't go and try to put in the sickle in these areas, these people are going to die and go to hell. Because seeds have been planted, watering has been done, but no one has come along for the harvest. And we've got a lot of Baptists that are out there. They've been corrupted when it comes to the things of salvation. They've listened to the Calvinists and they've listened to all these other groups out there saying these people can't really get saved that fast. There's no way. You know, It took me all these years to dig deep into the Scriptures to find the secrets of the Word of God so I could get saved. And you're going to tell me that these dumb, ignorant fools out there who don't know a thing about the Bible, who didn't go to seminary like I did, you're going to say that those people are just going to get saved because you went and gave them a 10-minute gospel presentation? I don't believe that at all. Well, I'm sorry. That is the case. You know why? Because the Word of God is powerful. Salvation is simple. And there are people out there that they did. It's, it's, there's been seeds planted. There's been watering that has been done. And we're going out there trying to find those people. Trying just to just to harvest. That's why we don't waste a lot of time arguing about stupid things with people. I had a guy yesterday. We we went, he was out there mowing and you know he stopped mowing because he saw what we were doing. He wanted to talk to us. But then he started telling me how he doesn't believe in God and he believes in like the rhythmic uh, you know, connection of the universe and I mean, he got into some weird stuff. And yeah, he's read the Bible and the Quran and the Torah and the Kabbalah. He's telling us all this stuff that he knows. And I'm just like, well, hey, if you get a chance to read that track. I, I, I told, I was with Brother Josh Gander and I was just like, I said, you know, as much as I'd love to argue with that guy, there's too many people out here 
that are ready to hear the Word of God. We're in an area that's ripe for the harvest. I'm not wasting my time with a know-it-all that's all connected with the universe and the rhythmic sequence of things. And He was like mowing everybody's yards out there. He was, he was like not just mowing his yard. He was like mowing everybody's yards out there. You know, we, we noticed that. And I was like, you know, I guess that's a way to stay in rhythm and harmony with nature and stuff like that, doing good works. And it, it, was, it was weird. Didn't waste time with them. Why we were out there for the harvest. Because it is. It, it's ripe out there. Out here, you know, I, I'm trying to prepare ground out here. I'm trying, we're trying to plant water. I might have spent a little more time. But there's just too many people out there ready to go. Fields are white already to harvest. We don't want to miss an opportunity. He says in verse 38, He said, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestow no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. That's what we're doing when we're going out soul winning. We are often entering into other men's labors. That's what these preachers who are giving up on soul winning don't understand. That's what they don't get about these people that are getting saved so easy. It's not. It didn't all start when we knocked on their door. It, it ended when we knocked on their door. That was the finish. Other work has been done. And Jesus said, back then, the fields are white all ready to harvest. Why? Because other men have labored. Other men have planted. Other men have done the watering. I've sent you in there to go out for the harvest. And there has been a lot of watering in this community. There's been a lot of plowing. There's been a lot of these things done, but people, nobody else in this community is harvesting like we are. They're not going out there. They're not going to the people. They're waiting for the harvest to just show up in their barn. That's what they're doing. They're just waiting for the harvest to just come into their church. No, we've got to go out there for the harvest. And that's one of the things that's exciting about what we do. We are because While we do all the work, while all of it's important, harvesting is a fun part. And it's kind of nice when... I wish everybody was harvesting. But you know, I do... It is kind of nice if you're trying to do a harvest if no one else is doing it. it makes it a little easier, doesn't it? it? makes your work a little more rewarding. But, but, even if we're not harvesting, we're doing the work. Those people that forgot to harvest, that labored, they're still going to get reward. They're still going to get reward. Why? Because the, the the harvest did come. Now, if we'd have let those that harvest go to waste, they would have got nothing for their labors. But we've got it. So we've got to make sure we're keeping this up. It's of utmost important that we don't get carnal in our soul winning and just be all about getting numbers. Well, I just, I want I, I got to get the record for the most people saved. You know, I want to be able to tell everybody I got 14 people saved. You know, listen, I like getting a lot of people saved. I like I like a good harvest. I'm like anybody else, but it's not about the number of people you got saved. It's about the work. It's about the work. If you are plowing, you're working, you're going to get a reward. If you're watering, if you're planting, you're going to you're doing the work, you're going to get a reward. If you're harvesting, you're doing the work, you're going to get a reward. If you're just about getting numbers, it's because you're trying to help yourself. Don't do that. Don't corrupt soul winning. Don't go forcing somebody to say a prayer when they clearly have no idea what you're talking about just because you want to get that number. No, when you find that person, they're clearly not ready to get saved. I mean, they're just still a mile off. You know what you do? You plant some seeds. Plant some seeds and move on. Let the next person get them. Let the, let the next person get them. That person that they don't really want to talk to you right now, don't kick their door in and make them listen to you. Otherwise, if you don't get them, nobody's ever going to get them. 
You know what you do? You plant a seed and you move on. And let the next person get them. That's very carnal when it's all about yourself. Take no for an answer. Don't be rude. When we go out, we ought to be motivated by the fact we are working for the Lord. And I don't know what job God's going to give me today. I hope He gives me harvest today. But He might want me to plant today. He might just need me to plow today. He might need me to water. You know, He's the husbandman. I'm just God's husbandry. I'll, I'll be used for whatever He wants today. That ought to be our attitude. Lord, whatever You want me to do today, and if You do, if You go out and all You do is plant seeds, You did the work of the Lord. And take comfort in that. If you only get a few tracks in people's hands, if you only get a few words out of your mouth, praise God, you were able to plant for the glory of God. If you do nothing but get the door slammed in your face today, praise God, you were able to plow today for the glory of God. If you give the Gospel and they reject you, praise God, you were able to water for the glory of God today. And if you get someone saved today, thank God, glory to God, you got the harvest. Today, it's all good. All four of these jobs, they're the work of the Lord. And if you get greedy and you only want to harvest, you're just working for yourself. Then it's all about you at that point. But folks, it's not about us. Okay, We're just ministers like Paul and Apollos by whom people believe. And we will never know until we are in heaven just how important this work is and how much we've accomplished. You have no idea. There's probably, I'm with all of us, there's probably a lot more people saved than we even realize because of the work. Because you you did the other things. So, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to do the work, Lord. We, um, Lord, it's a it's a privilege, Lord. That's just overwhelming to think that you'd use us for that. But we thank you for it. I pray you'll help us to stay busy doing your work. I pray you'll help us to stay content. Uh, doing whatever part of the work you want us to do uh, each day, I pray we'll uh, we'll keep it right. We'll keep the, our priorities right on these things. That we won't get sloppy, Lord, just because we want uh, we want to have the bigger numbers. We're just we're going to go force in a harvest. I pray we'll just be obedient and follow your lead in whatever we do. I pray help us make a difference in this community. In your name, we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and.